What's up, y'all? This is Tiffany Lachey, and you are listening to In Her Boots from Moses. Now, this season may be a little different from what you've heard in the past. We're going to take this opportunity to share and highlight the stories of Black and Brown women that traditionally have not had a platform to utilize their voice. I'll say Onamini Zagiagan and Dujaba. So I'm from the Lake of the Sunset Glow, Lake Vermilion. And the Lake Vermilion Reservation is across the bay from a town called Tower, Minnesota. Well, I wasn't born here. I'm a refugee. Um, I was born in Thailand. And then we did move to a refugee camp. And the only reason why we were like the second wave of Hmong people that came to America was because my dad was a soldier. Yeah, I I was born in the South. I'm from Texas, as you can tell by the charming Southern accent. We'll learn about the life and work of powerful women such as Casual Berry and Danny Piertos. We'll hear about elders, children, reconnecting to nature, There'll be lots of mini rants related to things like land access and barriers that non-white women face in agriculture. The Land Access Alliance. Um, Its main goal right now is to increase um, private land access around urban centers around Northern Minnesota. Um, for BIPOC and women farmers, and just generally speaking, you know, anyone that's really disenfranchised um, from the food system at large. Currently, I work at Big River Farms. It's a um, program of the food group, which is a food bank. And Big River Farms is, um, was formerly known as Minnesota Food Association. And I am the farmer education manager, as well as the Emerging Farmers Conference coordinator. Um, so I work with farmers. I provide either technical support for them and I provide, um, you know, the education curriculum, also hands-on learning experiences and field days, and also collaborate with like local organizations that share same values as us. Looking at how you know, food has been a tool to keep us down and out and sick. Just the, I, I see it as, um, you know, a, a tool of weaponry to keep us down because if we're so, so sick, how are we going to come together to heal the impacts of historical and intergenerational trauma where, you know, we got a lot of addiction and substance abuse, and my history is part of that story. Also, you know, if we're all, um, you know, stuck um, and demoralized and physically ill, how can we come together to to heal from domestic violence? Um, how can we come to heal from, you know, sexual abuse? Um, even just healing from the daily stigma of being. Um, and promoting um, Native rights in you know, a predominantly white area. <clears throat> um, 
it it is dangerous and there are real impacts of like sticking up for our our values so i can see how how it was easy for the Hmong farmers to gravitate towards me to ask questions or to let me know that they need help with something because the, the language, there's no language barrier in that way. You know, they can just simply tell me how they're feeling. And I will bring it to other staff members. They'll be like, oh, well, I never knew this is how this person was feeling. And I'm like, well, because you probably don't speak the same language and it's kind of hard and they didn't want to offend you. Like there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things involved. But there's also that trust issue, right? As wonderful as this program can be, a lot, I'll just be honest, admin and um, the people who run the program are white people. So there's not a lot of representation. And, and not just, I'm not just talking about representation for farmers, but representation in, in educators and people who are doing and leading this work and advocating for this work needs to also be led by BIPOC folks. So a white man marched into Texas and said slavery was over. And if you actually believe that slavery was over that day, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> I've been celebrating Juneteenth my entire life. Um, I'm actually here in Maryland at the Black Dirt Farm for a Juneteenth celebration. I'm also conducting my soils research, which allows me to travel from Virginia to Texas, so across the Black Belt, to investigate soils and to connect with Black farmers. So yeah, Juneteenth and the, nationaliz the nationalization of a Black Texan holiday is really cool. However, I just had to point out the irony, um, the irony in the fact that this subject is still banned from discussion in public schools, so the history is all wrong. The government or the Senate has passed this bill. However, things like lynching have not been classified as a federal hate crime. Um, I'll, and I'll talk a little bit about Texas history later, but you know, the last recorded lynching happened in Texas in, in the mid-70s. I, I just started to get my relationship back with the land and it started with the lake. Um, I was down by the lake one day and we, we put uh, tobacco in the water or near trees um, when we're praying. So I just put some in the water and I just sat with it. And my grandma would say, um, my auntie reminded me that um, each water, body of water has a spirit and this one in particular, family legend has it, has a, has a spirit that is more feminine. It's there for the women. Um, and so I was just sitting with that thought by the water. And it, it was the first time in my whole life that I felt connected to nature really, truly. Um, but maybe more as an adult, I think a lot more as a kid. Um, and it... The sense that I got back from it was this lake, um, it knows me more than I even know myself because I played in the water and I barely have, you know, some memories of it when I was a kid. And then over time has you know, seen me canoeing across it. Um, but that it really loves us.
organic certification is so convoluted. It's, it's really hard. It's not translatable. It's not accessible, for, especially for farmers who don't speak English. Um, it's costly, right? Even though there are programs where you get 75% reimbursed back, but then you still have to put that money up front. The whole process is also challenging because then, then it, there's, there's some limitation or there's so many layers for farmers who have their own native seeds. And the fact that farmers kind of have to go through this process of like sea searching, you know, and signing affidavits and things like that. Like, I understand that there's, there's got to be some kind of accountability system, but then when you have systems where you want somebody to sign paperwork such as affidavits, I feel like you take the dignity out of the person who wants to grow something that has been passed down to them. So this season is going to be pretty good, y'all. We're going to do everything from challenging your white colleagues to fight white supremacy and racism and police violence to Beautiful Soil Poetry by Stacey Bell. I wrote that letter because I was getting really frustrated with organizations sending messages saying like, we're really sorry about what happened. We acknowledge it and that's it. But not acknowledging the systemic racism. Dear friends, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the tragic death of Dante Wright and the ongoing unrest. We are mourning yet another black body by the hands of a police officer, praying for peace and comfort for his family, friends, and our communities. Regardless if we are in agreement with what had happened, one thing is for sure, a mother lost her son shortly after she heard his voice on the phone during a traffic stop. Another fact that we cannot ignore is that Black Americans are far too often treated as a threat and have lost their lives unjustly. There are not enough words to describe the emotions that our families and community members are going through. We are a mixed family. My eight-year-old daughter has embodied trauma in her little body. She would cry every week, worried that her daddy is not going to come back home when he leaves for work. I struggle with the thought that my sons and nephews would one day be seen as a threat in America, worried that my dad, brothers, uncles, and cousins are going to be hurt or worse, killed because they are black. I can never know what it means to be a black woman going through all the things I've mentioned. Unfortunately, unfortunate events like these continue to validate our fears and the trauma of our black communities and families. These issues stem deeper than just personal culpability. It's individual, it's community, and it's systemic. Farmers and leaders of, our, of farming organizations, you have so much power in your voice and in your rights. Last month, I asked you to join me to fight against anti-Asian hate crimes. Now I'm asking you to think beyond just hate crimes for Asian communities. Black Americans have suffered a different reality than Asian Americans and other minority groups that stems from history and generational traumas. Many of us may have the privilege to detach ourselves from that reality by simply turning off social media and not going anywhere near where there are black and brown people. 
Our Black families and community members cannot afford to do the same thing. We must do better to protect our Black families. It is not enough to have an equity statement on your website or to say out loud, I am not a racist. Our actions, behaviors, and policies need to be anti-racist and need to encompass change. What can we do to make a difference? One, be educated and be informed. There are so many resources out there. Here's a resource that briefly describes the history of Black trauma. Two, here is a list of resources that you can look into to help you understand racism, have conversations about it, and resources that may help you with trauma. Three, if you have employees affected by these events, specifically Black employees, give them time off. There are many layers to the soil, that top fresh soil where you plant the seeds. That is like the babies and the youth. There is the bedrock way down deep. That is the elder space. And then there is all of the other layers that are in between. That is us. Water, Flint, Michigan. Light, let there be. Nutrients, may we plant some food. Space, may we have some, our own, and soil. May we be able to settle ourselves. Thanks for joining me for a sneak peek of what In Her Boots, a season dedicated to the bootless. Next episode, we'll dive right into what it means to be bootless. And I'll also overshare a bit about my experiences farming in the South, East Coast, West Coast, and the Midwest and abroad. If you have any questions or concerns or any feedback, please shoot me an email or a voice memo to Tiffany at MosesOrganic.org. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. Peace. Historical and intergenerational trauma, like, you know, those unanswered questions of how my people, you know, came to be here and we've lost so much connection to each other and our identity and, you know, this identity crisis. Um, there, it's really hard. You don't have much to work with because, you know, our families or just families in general, um, without, you know, assets, our families are our assets. But what happens when our families are all struggling and all sick. Um, a lot of work time is expended or just, I mean, not expended, but you miss a lot of work trying to help your family. So while you're trying to quote unquote, pull yourself up on your bootstraps, or we don't even have boots, <laughs> don't have the right tools or, you know, enough resources, 